Hi everyone and welcome back to Safe Space, the Safe in Our World podcast. For those who don't know, the main goal of Safe in Our World is to create and foster worldwide mental health awareness within the video games industry. My name is Rosie and today I am joined by Sky, who has recently joined our team as our partnerships and training officer. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to have you. Would you would you mind telling the people listening a little bit about yourself? Which is like the funnest question ever because everyone's like, oh my God, I don't know anything about myself. Yeah, sure. I mean, who am I? Who knows? <laughs> Just have a crisis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, excuse me while I like sink into existential dread. Um, no, I'm, I mean, I'm Sky. Uh, I joined two weeks ago, um, but it's been, it's been wicked fun so far. I've had a really good time. Um, you and Sarah are both great. Um, colleagues and Ben and Jake as well even though I haven't had as much uh, contact with them Um, previously I've pretty much been in the cinema industry for my entire career work-wise I worked with Odeon Cinemas and then I also supported AMC Cinemas in opening the first cinema in Saudi Arabia after it was banned for 35 years or so that's so um, cool. Ah, thank you. It was <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. Um, other than that, I've got three cats, um, or sort of two cats and one of them that I'm looking after, um, and a tortoise. And that's pretty much all you need to know. That's all I ever do. <laughs> it's fine. You're in a team full of cats. We have like a whole <laughs> yeah, zoo between true. us. Like Jake has his owl. I have a, a, a cat that lives with me, but he's not my cat. So I totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously Sarah. We have, how many cats do we have between us then? Because I've got technically What's two. And you've got three. Oh my God. And Sarah's got three. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so many cats. <laughs> yeah. I always think, you know, I would say four is the number of cats where I'm like, okay, that's kind of a lot of cats. So I think three is okay. <laughs> I think four is four is a lot, you know? But yeah. it's, it's the thing is though, if I ever went to a shelter and I saw all of these cats that needed the home, I would just take them. Like I can't, I don't have it's that hard, level of yeah. self-control to leave them behind. <laughs> Cause I'm like, they're all babies. I just need to look after them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it helps a lot when you already kind of have cats that you've had for a while though. Cause now if I were ever thinking about getting a new one, I'd be like, oh, well I wouldn't want to upset distress. Them. Yeah, <laughs> distress Jerry, Pip and Luna. Jerry oh and can we also just sorry we need to talk about the fact that Jerry has an outfit that we need to see this is going to be the promo for the for the podcast I'm just going to tell you that now we need to see a picture of you and Jerry in matching outfits please right I'll make it happen I'll send it over please do because that's like genius and I've never thought about doing that and I could do that at home with Boris my cat but I'm like I don't know if he would I don't know how tolerant he would be of that. Yeah, I mean, Jerry's pretty chill. He really doesn't care about anything. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I hadn't really thought about it either. But for my birthday this year, my best friend Jenny got us matching outfits. And yeah. <laughs> Can you describe the outfit? <laughs> it's actually similar to what you're wearing at the moment. It's like a pastel <laughs> color block hoodie. Um, yeah, yeah we, we each have a little little hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> so cute 
Oh, amazing. Well, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> would you mind uh, t- telling me a little bit about, telling me, I know what you do, telling people who are listening a little bit about what your role is going to be at SAFE? Because obviously it's been a strange time for, for SAFE in our world because we've just got two new people, which is really exciting. But then mm. it's like, oh my God, what's everyone doing? What are people up to? So, Yeah, well... The main part of my role is to do with the Level Up program. So I'll sort of be leading that, the main point of contact, supporting our partners, um, making sure that we're providing them with quality resources um, that they can then use within their organizations, uh, sorting out training, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then outside of that, I'll be helping on a few other bits and really just making sure that there is enough training resource and support um for sort of anyone who needs it and collating all of that information making it easily accessible hell yeah let's go (laughs) I love it like it's it's really nice just especially from like a selfish point of view to have someone else on the team as well because it's like I don't have to worry about going on holiday it's like someone (laughs) else can do stuff it's great (laughs) yeah and it's also like it's quite an important thing just to make sure that those resources are there for people who need them because oftentimes when you are struggling with your mental health or with anything really you're the least equipped at that point to go out and find things for yourself so making sure that that stuff's sort of already together collated and easy to access is so important yeah that's a good point because especially if you're like in a low place doing any sort of research and trying to figure out what's good what's not like it is overwhelming yeah yeah to even like think about and then that like that was a huge barrier for me at least reaching out for help because I was just like I just don't know what's good I don't know what what's going to happen like yeah it's um it's really hard to go and find resources if you're in a low place already so to have it there that's just like here take this we've already kind of vetted it for you it's great it's like really nice to have (laughs) yeah so let's talk a little bit about your lovely story about minecraft because (laughs) for anyone listening we've we've just put up something on the website that sky has talked about her her story with within minecraft and it's delightful so if you've not read it please go and read it but also we can listen to her telling it now because it's so cute oh my gosh yeah it's Honestly, it's not something that I've brought up that often before. I don't really like talk about myself that much or anything. So it's just something that I've sort of like had and kept as a memory for a long time. But I thought, especially with, um, you know, the theme of Mental Health Awareness Month and May being loneliness, it was like a really good thing to actually talk about and a really good illustrative example of how, you know, games that you can play together really help. But So basically, I was living in Saudi Arabia for work, um, which is around about 6,000 kilometers away from here. Um, And obviously, I was feeling lonely, like you always would when you're away from home. And it didn't, you know, it didn't take away from the fact that I had really good friends out there and that I was really enjoying what I was doing. You're going to miss the people that you love and the people that you used to um on christmas day so i i didn't get to go home for christmas um at that point on christmas day my partner paul asked me to log on to our minecraft server 
which we'd only been playing for a little bit at that time, sort of here and there. Um, so we weren't super far along on it. But when I logged in, he had made this huge like Christmas setup. Um, he had this huge tree that was all decorated with like different colored lights and, and glass blocks and stuff. And he had chests all arranged around it. And in Minecraft every year, the chests turn into like wrapped gifts anyway. Um, and he had this big wool um, present as well that he'd made. Um, and inside the chests, there was fully enchanted diamond armor, which I didn't have a full set of and tools at that time. Um, so that was rad. That was one of the, my best Christmas presents ever. Um, and inside the wool block, there were two cats for me to tame um, that he'd lured all the way from some far off village. And we were <laughs> like where we spawned in, it was really mountainous as well. So that in itself must have taken ages. Um, and that was wicked. In my infinite wisdom, I just immediately broke into the gift. And then we spent about half an hour trying to chase the cats down because they all ran away. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um but yeah, that was that was so good. And we've used it a few times since then to sort of, you know, spend quality time together when we've been away. Um, for example, our anniversary in November last year, he was away for work in Scotland. Um, and I set up a little fireworks display for us to watch um, on one of the other servers we played on at the time. Because um, we would normally do that as our thing. You know, every year we would go to a fireworks display together. So I managed to recreate that and I was really proud. Making all of the different fireworks is so hard. I didn't expect it to be so complicated. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm, I've am i never played Minecraft and I'm like... No way. I know. And I feel so like... I feel like a fraud. <laughs> I'm not a real gamer, everyone. <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should give it a go. It's so good because it can be for anyone. You know, you've got different types of gameplay like creative like survival whatever um but also within that you can kind of do whatever you want it's so exciting like half the time i just run around exploring because the world is so fun and interesting and you can do so many cool things and you see these people who build incredible things yeah um, i've seen like I, videos of people jumping on blocks and it's like the wild i don't know i don't know how to explain it very well but like they've made this really dramatic and ridiculously over the top like it's almost like an agility course and they've put oh, like, yeah. blocks and they're just like jumping and it's really stressful because there's a lot of that as well like they're gonna be um, making it you know yeah and and events like mcc um in which a lot of you know really well-known content creators will engage in that kind of thing like parkour and races and pvp and that sort of thing there's there's so many different things you can do i love it i will i will give it a go for sure it's just like i've got so many i feel right i love hosting this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but every time i talk to a guest they will mention a game that i have not played and i feel terrible about it (laughs) there's so many that i need to play and it's just like oh the backlog is very real for me Um. it's really difficult and as well when I get into something I get so into it um when I first played Animal Crossing I'd never played it before um New Horizons came out I have a thousand hours in it yeah and I mean to be fair I was at home for a lot of that like most people but and at the moment I'm playing Stardew Valley for the first time ever 
Oh my god, you're gonna um, <laughs> Are you loving it? I'm loving it. Yeah, it's it's all I've done for the last like three days since who I are first you, picked who it are, up. are you romancing anyone? Like what's the deal with Stardew Valley for you? Yeah, I'm obsessed with Emily. I think she's wonderful. She's the best, yes. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> but I get I get so upset because um sometimes they just say things that are like really mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I I I just recently grew some poppies and it took me, you know, however many in-game days, like four or five days to grow them. And then I gave them to other people in the village and they were like, I hate this. This is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I was so offended. It's so true. Like I saw someone going off about Stardew Valley before because they were like... Oh, I just don't understand. Like, I have to give them gifts every day to make them like me. And like, I have to, (laughs) but if I give them something that they don't like, I'll go down in their book. And it's just like, imagine if that was real life and people were just like, why have you given me this gift? It's awful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do like that they have a lot more agency than, for example, the villagers in Animal Crossing. Um, Oh yeah. They're like pushovers. They'll just take anything. You'll give them like trash and they're like, thank you so much. (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh no i love that stardew valley has i've lost a lot no i haven't lost i've given a lot of my hours to stardew valley um yeah and there's still so much that i haven't had and plus there's like loads of mods that make it look absolutely adorable so if you haven't looked into those go and look into those you can get like cottage core mods for stardew valley and it's delightful so (laughs) that sounds super cute it's very cute um and, and kind of moving on from that, I mean, obviously, these sorts of games were huge, especially during the, the pandemic, at least for when we were all stuck at home. But are there any like other standout games that have like for you been like really critical in, in supporting mental health or have just really connected with you? Well, I think Animal Crossing is a big one there because it came out at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it was the way that I connected with a lot of people. Um, so my friend that I mentioned before, Jenny, she and I would be up until, you know, four, five, six o'clock in the morning, just on a call together playing. Um, and my sisters play as well. So it was a really good way to stay in touch with them. Um, and I think that was really fundamental for a lot of people and, and really contributed to how much people love that game. Um, but outside of that in terms of games that have supported my mental health a weird one that I also discovered quite recently is Unpacking it's such a short game and but it, I love it I've played it through like three times in full I think it, but one after the other like no gaps I finished it and I was like right I've got to go again um, <laughs> and it was just so nice because I don't really I know it's been out for a while, but I don't really want to spoil it for people who haven't experienced it yet because part of the joy of it is learning more about the protagonist as you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that really stuck out to me and meant a lot to me about that game was the sense of finding yourself and who you are and your place in the world. Um, and I really got a feel for that during that game. And I was really rooting for the protagonist to, you know, be more authentically themselves mm-hmm. um and yeah that really struck a chord with me I think yeah no absolutely I um there's so much positive feedback about unpacking and it's just like 
even outside of the story it's just a very like therapeutic game to play yeah for sure so 100 would recommend that i'm pretty sure that's on our list as well of of games <laughs> for our website because it is delightful so yes 100 yeah. unpacking um and then i guess i wanted to ask you a little bit more about your story in terms of mental health um and I'm happy to let you kind of lead on it and then just tell me what you're comfortable telling me. But um... yeah, I think it's interesting because I know that you and I were discussing prior to this um, that it's not something that I've talked about openly mm-hmm. before. Um, I could count on one hand the number of people who've heard previously some of the things that I'll probably say now. Yeah, But I do think, especially taking on this role where... I am much more of an advocate for mental health openly and outwardly than I've ever been before. It's important for me to heed my own advice and to talk about things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we look at unpacking and the impact that that had on me and the idea of finding your sense of self and um, being comfortable within yourself, I think that is the reason why it really affected me because being comfortable within myself is something that I still struggle with now. Um, And in previous years I've struggled with massively. Um, I, since the ages of sort of 10 to 13 was when I started struggling with um, self-harm and eating disorders, which is really young for, um, that to happen and I know that it's happening to a lot of people sort of younger and younger um and I think the cause of it can be all any number of things um but feeling out of place and not sure where I fit in um is probably a big one and maybe in part because I've moved around quite a lot um but I I struggled with that for a good many years um, and I got really, really unwell um, toward the end of my teenage years. And it's interesting because if we look at my previous eating disorder in particular, I felt the best about myself when I was dying. <laughs> like I was getting a lot of attention, a lot of compliments when I was, you know, starving myself and and impacting my body to the point that I didn't get periods anymore. Um, I was tired all the time. I was losing hair. And that's the point at which people would say to me more than ever, you look great. Like you're so pretty. Mm. Um, And I mean, that can be so damaging because that's something that stays with me even now because it's difficult because it's not something that you ever really overcome fully, at least not for me. Um, It's reinforcing that for you. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of sort of elements of disordered eating that are still with me today. You know, there are things that I will and won't eat in public. which is just arbitrary. It's just rules that I've assigned myself. Um, And it's really tricky to get out of that way of thinking. Um, And it's also hard to talk about that and to struggle with that when you don't look like someone who has an eating disorder. 
you know, I'm not six and a half stone anymore. I'm not, you know, horrendously underweight. Um, so it's difficult to be open about that because you worry about how people will receive it, how they won't really take it seriously. Um, and that's, you know, something that I thought, especially talking about here would be really important because visibility of that is important. Uh, it's important for people to feel like they are valid in worrying about it and wanting to talk about it and wanting support, regardless of whether they fit the archetype of quote unquote person with an eating disorder. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's, I think it, it, it's quite um, applicable to a lot of different things as well, because people will respond differently to someone if they don't fit the stereotype of what's in their head as someone with an eating disorder, someone who's depressed, yeah. someone who has a disability. Like there's so many different versions of it and it's, it is damaging. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to, to not, I think this is like the biggest uh, lesson I kind of learned within the mental health first aid, of course, is to be non-judgmental because we yeah. have all, whether you're aware of it or not, grown up with mm. stereotypes that have kind of fed into our ways of thinking and our ways of expecting to see people X, Y, and Z with X, Y, and Z, like if that makes sense. And yeah. challenging those views are so important because it's it will ultimately affect how you empathize with people. And that's so important to make sure that people feel validated in their feelings and ultimately allows them to keep on talking about what they might be going through yeah definitely and I think one of the things that I'm still trying to teach myself today is that well essentially to do what I said earlier to practice what I'm preaching because I have never in my life and probably never will look at someone else eating in public and think, oh my God, what's wrong with them? How could yeah. they do that? That's disgusting. Um, or, you know, look at anyone who looks a certain way and think anything other than, wow, like that person looks great. You know, I love their dress. What cool shoes. Um, and yet when... I think about myself and the way that other people perceive me, it's completely the opposite, you know, and that, that feeds into um, a lot of the anxiety that I've experienced um, and depression. I think in terms of those conditions, for me personally, medication was a game changer. Um, it really helped to get back on top of what I was feeling and understand it better because it it sort of dulled out the noise I think mm -hmm. um and I know that that's not the right thing for everyone but it is difficult even when I might be in a pretty good place and I'm you know not experiencing regular panic attacks and that sort of thing it can be really difficult to not have those intrusive thoughts anyway with anything that I say, anything that I do, anywhere I go, I'm constantly obsessed with the idea that everyone hates me, um, which is so funny because it just, it, it's almost quite narcissistic in a way because, you know, people probably don't even consider me. Um, I consider you. 
I consider that you're amazing. Oh. <laughs> and I can't like, that's the thing. It, it breaks my heart listening to people. And I, I'm sure it's been the same for other people as well. Cause I'm like, I see a lot of uh, what you're feeling in, in how I feel too. Um, but it's just like, it's always happens to the people who like, literally the nicest people (laughs) and you can't see them being hated by anyone but then they're convinced that that's the truth and it's really hard to I don't really know if you do overcome it I I think I'm sure some people do but Mm. um I also liked what you said about medication um so I I was very similar in the sense that having medication was a huge change like it changed my life for me um and it's not exactly been an easy journey don't get me wrong and it's definitely not for a lot of people but um it very much made it to the point where like what you said about dulling out the noise it made me able to focus on what was actually going on yeah um and almost like it didn't rationalize my thoughts but it made me aware that some of them were irrational if that makes yeah. any sense at all. Um, no, it totally does. Because it's like, I think when when you're in like the real low of the low and you're trying to tell someone how you feel and it's just like, oh yeah, like I'm convinced everyone hates me. And they're like, no, they don't. You're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when you're in that place, it's like, yeah, but no, for real. <laughs> and then I think once I took medication, I was like, I still get that, but I'm also aware that it's not true. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a weird one, like... I could talk a lot about medication. Um, yeah. I think we've all kind of, if anyone's experienced trying different medications before, it's like the wildest thing and it kind of really suck. Um, yeah. But sure. once you find one, if you do, that kind of is really good for you and it feels good, it feels right, then it can be amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. But I also really do empathize with people who, maybe have have never found medication that works or have really bad reactions to it because that's like still absolutely a thing and I remember when I went to the doctors for the first time and I was like how do you know which medication I'll I'll need and they were like we don't it's it's a trial and error and I was just like what (laughs) and they were like yeah we don't really know much about antidepressants and I was just like (laughs) ah that's interesting considering that you know a lot a huge proportion of the people on the planet rely on them but we don't yeah. really know that much about them it's, it's wild to me yeah um but yeah I don't know I mean how with your medication journey have you kind of did you find like the first one was great and that was it or has it been like more of a yeah well I think that I, I've only ever um had one which is great I was really lucky in that regard um I've sort of gone through increasing the dose that I take um, and that sort of thing. And then because I'm a horribly disorganized person in all of my personal um, life, I have gone through periods of time where I've forgotten to take it. uh, And suddenly I'm feeling so overwhelmed and you know, the lowest that I've been in months. And I'm, I can't understand why. And then I realize, <laughs> like, oh, I've missed my medication for a week. That'll be why. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly the same. That's why I got one of those um, little like organizers. But then even then, it's really hard to keep on top of sometimes, because if you forget to fill it up, you're like, it's just there now. It's just a piece of 
Uh, it's like, yeah. um, oh God, what do you call it? What's that word? Um, oh my God, words. Something you'd put on display. Like no in your idea. house. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, um, oh my God, am I okay? <laughs> Jake, please don't expose me for this. <laughs> what? The, what? The <laughs> it's an ornament. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> Remembering to say medication is hard. And like, I used to have. Um, I used to have alarms that would go off at certain times every day, um, which helped if I had a regular schedule. Like when I was at school, it was easy yeah. because it would be like, cool, every day before this class, I will take my medication and I know my phone's going to go off. But now yeah. it's like I work from home. It's a bit more tricky because obviously I have them like on my desk, but then I'll be like, yeah, I'll just take them in a minute. Like I'm just on this call right now. And then you know hours pass and then I'm in bed and I'm like oh my god I didn't take my medication hang on (laughs) yeah it's difficult and especially I've just come from sort of a public facing role where you can't necessarily have an alarm at regular intervals because you're seeing people you've got appointments and meetings with members of the public and it's difficult to factor that into your day for sure And linking back into what I said earlier, it's also a point at which you're really the least equipped to be able to manage your life and your time. Um, Yeah, it's it's really difficult, but I'm glad that I've managed to find that that's worked quite well for me. Yeah, 100%. Um, Is there anything else that you you wanted to share, I guess, about maybe about your role or about you or about games or really anything that you think you're like, yeah, I want to get this off my chest because now's the time to do it, Sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me therapize myself to <laughs> all of the listeners, <laughs> our collective therapists. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think I'm really glad that I had this opportunity to talk about some of the experiences I've had with my own mental health I hope that it was useful to someone or to anyone um and and being able to talk about that I really wish that there was more representation of different types of people in media I think that you know like many things it's improving a little um but it would be really good to see you know, different shapes and sizes of people mm-hmm. um, as protagonists in games rather than just side characters um, or people whose appearance, when it doesn't fit the norm, isn't a huge part of their character. Yeah. Um, because it's not for so many people. You know, if I was going to talk about myself or, or if I was introducing myself at the beginning of this podcast I wouldn't say I'm Sky I weigh this much I don't know like my nose is a bit big I've I've got orange hair like I you know you don't talk about yourself in that way because you are a lot more than just what you look like yeah um and I wish that representation of people who do have 
different characteristics from what we would consider quote unquote normal um, were represented in a better way. Um, I think as well, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about The Sims is that you can, there's a lot of customization you can do, especially with um, mods and custom content and things like that to make someone who is truly reflective of you or whoever you want that person to be mm-hmm. um and yeah I really appreciate that aspect and I would be well up for seeing more of that in content in the future yeah if only we had an episode coming up where we're going to talk specifically about the sims <laughs> and all of the customization that it has oh my god spoilers everyone <laughs> um no, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. I don't know, it's probably, I know that you were nervous before this um, and it's it's super, like, I'm, I'm glad that you feel able to talk about it now and that you want to spread that message in, in such a positive way um, and I really do appreciate it and I hope that I've, <laughs> I've handled your story with as much respect as I possibly could. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank and you for having me. Welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here, truly. Me too. I'm very happy that you're here. <laughs> um, but for anyone listening, if you are struggling, um, please know that you're not alone. There's a lot of support out there. And if you're looking for somewhere to start, please do visit our website at safeonourworld.org, where you can find a list of global helplines um, and a lot of different information about feelings, symptoms, some of, the, of which we've spoken about today. Um, so thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Safe Space and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.